Hey everybody, welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree, and today we're talking about one of my all-time favorite things. One of the things that keeps a pep in my step, especially through this year of 2020. Really, all the hardships in life can be mended with a couple hours nose deep in some good erotica. It's a genre that makes my toes curl, my pussy pulse, and really mashes my face into the pillowcase screaming, oh God, because I am just that moved by it, especially when it's good. Uh, that may not be your relationship to it, but I know someone who can speak with just as much passion and even more knowledge about it than me. She is the incredible porn superstar all the way in New York City. Let's get her on the line, everyone. Our erotic authoritarian, the beautiful Stoya. everybody i'm joined with the fabulous stoya hello hello how are you i'm very well i'm i'm as well as can be for the time being now stoya you're not just a world renowned highly celebrated highly decorated porn personality you're also an erotica expert so that's why this was so ideal to have you in for this chat today. Can you tell us the background of how you discovered this literary genre for yourself? So when I was a teenager, um, I was allowed to read anything in the public library and anything in the local like big box bookstore. And the public library, like they had, you know, some like technical manuals and like, some educational stuff about sex, not very much. Um, but at least I think they did. But then like the big box bookstores had like kind of saucy. And I don't, I don't remember if I found The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty through Anne Rice, like because of her other work, or if I just like picked it up off the shelf and then liked it because like fairy tale. Um, but it was so... Like, I was like, wow, this is what sex can be. I mean, okay, like, these weird non-consensual parts, like, but the the parts where beauty was, like, really active and, like, like getting what she wanted and, like, being a bratty bottom and manipulating the situation to get her desires met, I, I really liked those passages. And then, of course, like, it's only in my 30s I'm able to look at it and be like, oh, that's what I liked so much. Yeah. Um, I think it's still a, a great recommendation as like a jump point for people in erotica, only because it's a story we know so well. It's actually the first one that I remember reading. And yes, it's got incredible perversions in it and some complicated issues and scenes. But I remember that one captivating me right from the jump. Um, erotica is not yeah. for everyone. You know, erotica, it's you either go head first into it and you want to explore it hungrily, or maybe you decide it's not for you. How did you decide that this was something for you and it conjured a kind of arousal that you wanted to continue exploring? Well, you just, I, I immediately took to the genre because, like, I was always a big reader. Oh. That is my alarm telling me that it's time to be on a podcast call with Laura Desiree. Um, 
<laughs> we started early. <laughs> first, first Tuesday in November, 2020. This is so on brand. Right. <laughs> this is, this is really, um, God, enter Steve. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, I just, I, I took to the book and then I took to the genre and some erotic works I find completely off-putting. Um, others I find fascinating, but not arousing. Um, and others are just like so silly and wonderful and like joyfully present sex in a way that I feel is missing from mainstream depictions of sexuality a lot of the time. Like on like a TV show, like sex is so serious. And there's rose petals, and we're gonna lay you down on the mattress with yeah. your hair laid out on the pillow. Um, <laughs> and like they don't, you don't see much goofy sex on like, you know. Um, and you do, you do run into goofy sex in like Nicholson Baker's work, and um, and like a lot of people didn't consider it erotic at all, but the uh, the sex sphere. Um, Rudy Rucker's The Sex Sphere. Like, it's just so goofy and it's like this hot and weird. It's, yeah, it's, and, like, such a relief. it's such a relief when you realize that goofy sex is represented because that's the bulk of at least my sexual experience is that I'm a goofy person. It's not as masterfully pulled off as the kind of shit you'd see in movies. So I agree with you. It's a huge it's, relief it's, and it's a beautiful thing. I was literally on the phone with my best friend this morning debating um, pubic hair. And he was like, well, you know, let me tell you like in the locker room, like how this got talked about. And they were like, you know, it gets in my teeth. And I was like, okay, look, like one, are you like actually, did, did carpet munching like give you the wrong impression? You're like, like, is that how you're getting pubic hair in your teeth? Because that's like, I flossed. I've flossed before. It's kind of hard to get the thing up in there. <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, but also like, look, you get hair in your mouth. Like if you're me, you're like, hold on. I just got to. <laughs> Great. And right you back to celebrate it. it. Or, yeah. You celebrate it like, for whatever. a minute. You're like, I found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Real> stop. <laughs> yeah. So when I was really, when I was maybe nine or eight or nine, I remember my mother called me into her little sewing room where she also would type a bunch of just random prose. I never knew what she was working on, but I have this memory of her calling me in one day to dance with her, like a partner dance, you know, kind of close and sentimental. And later that evening, I snuck into the room to see what the hell she had typed. What was that for? Was that anything to do with the project? And it was. It was... It was to create accuracy in a romantic moment that she was writing about. There was, of course, filthier shit as I turned the pages, but that level of detail has become something that I value so much in the erotica that I enjoy to read. I require a full sensory experience. I want to know what it looks, feels, smells, tastes like, uh, and that can be any 
you know, situation going on, whether it is just the flirting of two characters or it is, you know, the hardcore sex itself, I require a level of detail. What do you say you require out of your erotica for it to be effective? I, man, I require weird somehow. Yeah. Like there's, there's gotta be something quirky. Like I would much, I would much rather read something about an act like so like I wore ballet boots the other day for a shoot I saw the and what I thank you um would you would I ever wear them again probably not because you like literally can't even stand in them really um the shape is not like a point shoe anyway um but like would I would I love to read a story written from the perspective of someone who really gets off on wearing ballet boots and like broaden my understanding of what can be sexual in what kind of way like yes yeah um and it's like you know like vanilla missionary with rose petals can be super great but i've i've never met a story about vanilla missionary that i want to read no no yeah. That's, that's not what you'd be drawn towards then. Uh, I do like, I like uh, some perversion in my erotica as well. I do find that essential. It's just, it's such an endless realm to explore. And when you do hone in on certain details of how leather feels or how a grip can feel really exciting on a new part of your body, that gets me off. Hmm. Do you actually masturbate to it, Stoya? Like, actually, like if you're reading... <laughs> Like one hand in the book. I am about to get so, I am about to get so weird. Uh, I lay on the mattress with like my elbows and my chest propped up on a pillow and I read the book or I scroll on my cell phone, like however I'm reading it. And I like breathe, like, you know how they tell you to like breathe through your chest, down into your belly. I'm like, no, go past your belly, down to your pelvic floor, feel that expand, do a nice little Kegel squeeze. Yeah. Like it's this like porn story meditation edging <laughs> kind of like, I don't know. And then I take notes, um, you know, depending, depending on how much I like the book, frankly. Um, I take notes on like, okay, I want to talk about this. Okay. I want to talk about this. Like, okay, if it's dead space, we'll talk about this. Yeah. Um, I'm specifically talking about for the sex lit event. Um, I forgot. I didn't explain that, but um, I know, I know part I of your credentials erotic, here in being an expert. I, I run an erotic book club once a month, um, third Sunday of the month. And in COVID we've been meeting online. Um, but when it's, when it's a book for the book group, if, I think we might have lulls in the conversation. Then I have like notes or like stuff that's highlighted. Um, but it's this like strange, like I feel like working with sexual material closely, like being aroused adds another layer. Um, but the, like a lot of the books only work once. Really? You, a reread yeah, like the isn't story of though, the same effect, yeah. Well, the story of O, now that I know about that one part, like, I can't enjoy any of it. Right. Um, and, like, that's, 
I don't think that's like necessarily how everyone ought to be. And I'm not like that with every piece of problematic creative work. Um, but like a, a lot of the books, it's like, eh. um, but I do, I do have some that I love. Um, Macho Sluts, I only recently found, but I am certain that will be a repeat, um, repeat read. And um, Lara Antonio's The Marketplace series, mm. which is all about BDSM. It's a world where people consensually sign up to be sold as property between trainers and very wealthy people. Um, and so like, if you're into BDSM, the first book is the place to start. But if you're not into BDSM, then The Reunion, is the best best place to start because it goes through the stories and like history of a bunch of different people who've done this. Um, so it can be kind of enlightening about the reasons that people are drawn to BDSM and what some common experiences are. It it um, it sounds those, like there's like a sub genre, like a sci-fi erotica. Like that's what I'm getting from this description. <laughs> I mean, how much sex needs to be in a book for it to be deemed an erotica because i'll find a great sex scene in you know a classic book and go wow i was turned on by that it's not an erotica though i think um so like to me lara antonio's books are literature you have developing character arcs like a whole built-out world but lara is like thank you so much for saying my porn that I write as porn hmm. and happily hear people use as porn. Thank you for acknowledging the work I put into it. It is porn. And it's like, okay, so it's, it's porn. It's not erotica. It's porn. Um, and I, I respect that. Um, and like some literature has a lot of sex in it, but nobody's calling it erotica. Um, like I'm thinking of like James Joycey kind of people mm -hmm. or like, um, like Kathy A Acker, 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 yeah, big time. Acker, never. It's yeah. never called erotica, and yet so much of her work are these ongoing sex scenes that are fucking erotic as hell. Yeah. DM is it DM Thomas the White Hotel? Huge, huge erotic introduction in the beginning of it. Like there's there can be books that have these beautifully crafted, sexy stimulating moments in them, but we don't call them erotica. Mind you, I'm still with my face in the pillow yelling, oh God, that's what happens to me when, when I'm <laughs> truly aroused by a book is you're trying to catch your breath. Sometimes I'll have to hold on to a wall and like level myself. And it's audible. I'm a very audible, expressive, just like insects. I'm very, you know, uh, almost, almost performative at times if I'm enjoying it so much. But it's still such a personal thing that I like to enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, like sharing erotica is something I'm still trying to figure out because I can enjoy it personally. And I've recorded myself reading erotica and I've posted it places. But why is it that it feels so cringy? to share it or to have someone else read it to you. I mean, I, I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. It, it, it's an icky feeling. I think, um, so Jesse Baring in a book, 
in a book with a title, a nonfiction book with a title. Uh, I believe the cover's blue. Anyway, he talks about perv, perv, Jesse Baring's perv. Oh, um, I got it. I'm connections. So All right, moving on. Uh, yes, Jesse Baring's perv. He talks about arousal and disgust. And the more aroused you are, the less disgusted you are. And then let's say you have an orgasm and you're done. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think part of it is if we're not aroused, then hearing someone else be overtly sexual can be very uncomfortable. And whether that's something we want to go towards and say, let me expose myself to more of this and become more comfortable with discussing sexuality in a group environment with the lights on, broad daylight, that kind of thing. Um, Or we can say like, oh, maybe maybe that's a thing that for this person is like, super private and so like it's better for them not to Mm. um so i don't i don't think it's necessarily like better or worse um but if you're not aroused then it can feel really strange yeah yeah it's it's just that it's it it's incredibly vulnerable i find if i don't know why Mm. i i hold it very close to me you know if something has rocked me to such a level to, to this, you know, shaking, panting degree, I, I want everyone else who experiences it to have the same feeling. And then I pressure myself with all this responsibility, convey this to them. How do you do it? But you, you run a sex lit book club. So you are the person to talk to about this. Tell us what happens in, uh, in your book club. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time there is something that we find problematic and so we have to like address that first. Um, and sometimes there's some back and forth between people who are very sensitive and people who want to just take the work as a fantasy. Sometimes there's some tension there. Um, but the, the closest we get to really being sexual during the event is when I ask, was this porn? Every time I ask, was this literature and was this porn? Um, And at that point, sometimes people will say like, you know, it did do things for me. Um, And at at the beginning of the event series, I did try to be a bit more sexual, but that doesn't seem like people really want to talk in detail about like what line got the blood flowing to their genitals or whatever um and we more end up using the books and the things that are complicated or difficult about them to discuss modern sexuality so for instance km spara's docile is about a dystopian future where people inherit debt and if your debt becomes too high you're taken away to work it off as a docile which is a drugged sex slave um and that that you know we talked we talked about bdsm we talked about consent we talked about whether there can be consent under capitalism we talked about systemic racism we talked about how slavery is you know, such a horrifying thing. Like, do we even feel comfortable sexualizing this 
anymore. Um, and so like, it's a, it's a really great event. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's a nice little community around it. Um, kidding. but we end up, we end up using the book to talk about sexuality and then like what's happening in the rest of the world. How do you moderate those discussions? I would imagine that when people start making connections to their innermost self and seeing where they relate to a story, especially when it has to do with sexuality, they could go on forever. And I don't blame them. It's a big part of our lives. Do you have someone there playing referee? That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you must also feel like a therapist yeah. at times. Yeah. Um... Well, so because it's through House of Scorpio, I feel like a therapist a lot, and I, I don't think I'm the only sex worker who does. Like, I feel like all anyone who does fan interaction feels like a therapist right now. I've handed out more anxiety coping breathing techniques than I have pussy pictures this year. Like, <laughs> or at least that's what it feels like. Um, I feel like I've sent more in for four hold for seven out for eight then i have self-shot pictures of my my crotch um anyway, so sometimes sometimes people get really worked up but having it run through house of scorpio means that there's a code of conduct a lot of the attendees are house of scorpio regulars so they're used to places that are a safe space for women. Although one time somewhat notoriously, I had to shout over a man, um, excuse me, there was a woman talking because someone had actually like literally asked, they said, I would love to hear a female perspective on this particular facet of this book. Mm. And nobody felt comfortable putting their hands up. So I was like, okay, I'll tackle this. And it was like, blah, blah, blah. And the guy started talking over me and I was like, I'm, I'm talking. And he kept going. I was like, sir, there is a woman talking. And he like, shut up then. Um, and Miss Scorpio one time had to remove someone from the event. Um, so sometimes, sometimes it gets a little wacky. Um, Can I ask what that, that person did? Um, he was, uh, so... I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to describe what protecting his privacy. He's a very sweet um, kid who kept showing people pictures on his phone of himself topless. What was the argument here? I mean, was he trying to turn the the book in discussion into a picture book story? Like, was this just him? It was. It was in between, like, in between, because we'll do, like, a, we'll do, like, half an hour for people to trickle in. When we used to do it in person, it would be, like, half an hour for people to trickle, trickle in, and, like, an hour of discussion, and then half an hour for, like, the bathroom and the bar, and then another hour of discussion, and then just, like, hanging out and saying goodbye. Um, and so, like, in between, like, in the in-between parts, he would, um, he would be, like, want to see a picture of me without my shirt on, and the person would go, no, and he'd go, and so, like, finally, he got he got a couple of warnings, and finally, they had to be like, okay, this is not acceptable. Um, so, part of it is just if someone if someone is difficult or harmful or ignoring other people's boundaries, then we don't let them come back. Um, and it's you know, it's a private space, um, and now it's a Zoom call. 
so we have we have the ability to say like okay like you're not welcome or like you're on time out for a year and we'll see we'll see how you are later we we don't talk about men in erotica and and fans of erotica i just i don't hear enough about men's relationship to erotic literature so is there anything that you've you've experienced that would stand out about how they experience erotica i wish more would read it i really do so um i'd say at least half of our attendees are men and you know we have we have like of course like a few non-binary people there was one person who told me that they were intersex um and like obviously like i I wouldn't know if someone doesn't tell me um but like one person we know who's intersex um and then the rest are women but a lot a lot of single men show up or a lot of men show up solo um and they they largely behave well we've had a couple where we've had to like over the years kind of nudge them towards taking up less space um but most of them have responded really well to that and like if they start to ramble they will stop themselves um and it's it's heartwarming yeah i mean i I, it's given me such a vocabulary to express myself and articulate especially in places like the bedroom i feel like erotica ups your sexting game immensely so can you just say yes that's correct can you can we just get more people on board with reading erotica right now you're the expert tell them how much better their sex game is about to be right i mean i can i can tell them how much better my sex game is from these mountains of erotic novels that i've read over the past three years um I'm, I'm a lot more fluent. Things just kind of like come to mind. Um, I am also like really enjoying because since I hit puberty, I have never wanted sex and not been able to have it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. <I> have, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not saying the available person would have been a good idea or that sex would not have caught, but like, I've never been like, wow, like for like months, there's just no, it's not because of COVID. Um, so I really also like having, having something to interact with and like, you know, there, there are a couple of people who I sex one I sex with and one I have phone sex with. Um, but like having, having this like exterior input, um, has been really, really helpful um and you know it's probably probably healthy for me somehow to just be solo focused for Uh so long (laughs) (laughs) i have a new vibrator coming in the mail i just ordered a new one too my hitachi (laughs) magic wand finally died i'm not joking blue sparks came out and there was like this smell (laughs) of like burnt things you know sometimes i put a layer between me and my hitachi magic wand because the, the vibration is very intense but uh yeah i have a new one coming in the mail and uh i'm putting that thing to work erotica has helped expand so much of my creativity when it comes to 
sexting and having these sexually charged conversations, like it just grants you such a vocabulary to play with. So vocabulary, uh, erotica famously uses a million different words for the vagina. Do you have a favorite of all of them? So there's this book, um, When Sisterhood Was in Flower by Florence King. And the main character is this Southern in the 70s writer who's turned to writing romance novels, like just churning out romance novels. And at one point, she types the phrase, oleaginous mound. Her oleaginous mound. And I just loved that so much. What is oleaginous? It's like a like a slippery, yeah. um, buttery would be oleaginous. And then one day, one day I was squatting over a mirror in the sunshine on Clayton Cubitt's roof and I could see my, my spread open pussy hole and it had been a really long time since I'd seen my spread open pussy hole and I'd never seen it with direct sunlight. Um, and I could just see, I could just see the lubrication gathering on the, on the top part. And I thought, my oleaginous mound. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, a total sea creature. And I love it. Like a beautiful underwater flower. That's, a, that's an intense term for it. I was going to say cunt is such a, I love cunt. Uh, it's just, it's a fun word to I say. I also love cunt. I love cunt so much. Um, I'm not a fan. I think, it's, I think it's really cute. Yeah. When guys, when guys are like, what, what word do you prefer? Because oh, no. I, I don't want to use the wrong one. <laughs> and it's like, aw. <laughs> you can say cunt. And they're like, can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I'm actually requesting it. <laughs> yeah, it's such a thrill to be able to to really like freely unleash that word from your your chest. Cunt. It sounds good. Cunt. Yes, it just cunt. It thrusts at you. It skull fucks you as you hear it. Are you getting up to? <laughs> cunt. Cunt. Okay. <laughs> That is it entirely. Okay, Soya, do you have um, a piece of erotic literature that you can read to us uh, with all the intent that you wish for us to receive it? I, I do, I do. I'm, gonna, I'm pulling up. I'm going to mute my microphone so that uh, there's no interruption whatsoever here. Well, she yawned, reaching for another cigarette. This is a challenge to my professional reputation. With competition like that, I better bring out the heavy artillery. Never let it be said that a capitalistic bisexual madame put one over on a socialist, dyke separatist musician. It just wouldn't do. Woman, I can't wait to get my hands on you. I can still feel those nice, soft tits of yours. She chuckled. I really thought you were going to wiggle right out of your skin back there in that nice dark corner. Do you do that for everybody who puts the make on you? I feel preyed upon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel confronted by it. I love it. 
Uh, I love it. Uh, what piece is that? Where's that from? Tell us. At Califia's Macho Sluts. Um, and it's just, it's so, it's such a good, my other favorite is the, the very last story in that book, um, A Taste of Vanilla, I want to say. Yes. yes, A Taste of Vanilla is the final one. A Dash of Vanilla. A, a Dash, dash of, vanilla. of Vanilla, damn it. But that one, that one you really need like the full experience, right? right? Like you have to like, you have to really like start at the beginning and yes. go all the way through it and like live that literary moment. Um, so I don't, I don't want to excerpt it here because you have to like have the full adventure. Yeah. So, so everyone, uh, Storia will have a list available. Where can people find your hit list of favorite erotica? Um, HelloStoya.com has a blog post with a list of every book we've done for Sexlit. Um, there are potentially problematic or triggering aspects of just about every book. So like, keep that in mind. You're not going to Disney World. You're going to the Erotica Library. Um, and ZeroSpaces.com starting with Lara Antonio's The Marketplace for the, I believe, unicorn issue. Um, we'll be having a book review in every issue that goes into more depth about like, you know, this is what's in the book. These are the things you want to be wary of going in, like all that. Delicious. Truly. Stoya, you're so much fun. I, I love this, especially this side of you. You're absolutely a glow. Where can people get in touch with you once you <laughs> drop all the, uh, drop the info? All right. So onlyfans.com slash Stoya, where I answer my own messages for $10 a month. You can talk with me about stuff. Um, also I, I love small penis humiliation. And if you want to call me daddy, I am here for that. Um, and then Twitter and Instagram at Stoya and, um, you know, I, I don't check the direct messages there, but I post things regularly and post news about other stuff that I'm doing. Amazing. Stoya, thank you so much for today's enlightening <laughs> erotica experience. Uh, what a treat, what a thrill. I hope to uh, see you, and I'm definitely going to join in on your uh, next virtual sex lit book club, okay? Awesome. I'm super stoked. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so very much. Take care of yourself, okay? Keep reading, keep rubbing. Me too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>